The following is a replay of a live show that aired Tuesday, October 24th at 5 o'clock p.m. The opinions expressed do not reflect the beliefs of the University of Wisconsin-Madison or its Board of Regents. With that, thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show. Hello there and welcome to another edition of After Further Review. I hope you're having a wonderful Tuesday evening. I'm Vincent Hesbrook and I am not joined by Alex Schuster. Uh, him and I have had a pretty tem- tumultuous relationship. We decided we're going to part ways. I'm just kidding. He's on a field trip. He'll be back in 10 minutes. Uh, but in the meantime, I am joined by three guests. You guys want to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Matthew. I'm Oliver. And I'm Cole. Awesome. I appreciate you setting the no last name trends. You guys can like stay anonymous. Uh, you guys all sent me very formal emails asking to... Uh, shadows to me feel very official and important so i greatly appreciate that and i'm excited to hear you guys take so as always start with rate my take where i guess the four of us come with sports opinions and share them on the air so i guess it's okay if i go first in this one go sure okay i mean i don't want to get jumped by you guys i'd rather be safe than sorry so uh later on in the show we're gonna be alex and i are gonna be going over our uh, nba season predictions we're gonna go through the standings and make our picks and i'm looking at the east and it looks absolutely pathetic when I take a step back. I mean, I feel like almost every single team either kind of stayed complacent or got worse. I mean, the 76ers, Harden's threatening to retire. He wants to be traded so bad. And Bede's unhappy. And they're basically just praying that Maxi can become a superstar. I mean, the Cavs, they have some internal dysfunction regarding Donovan Mitchell. I mean, Bill Simmons said Donovan Mitchell eventually leaving is the worst-kept secret in the league. Uh, the Knicks added nobody. Both their stars are career years. I expect them to float down back to earth. Half the Nets' wins last year came from two players who weren't even on their roster anymore. I mean, the Heat made the finals, but Pat Riley literally came out and said the other day that they need another 25-point-per-game score. Feels like they could have used Dame Lillard, but uh, that's just me. And then you look at the bottom of the East. I mean, Bulls did nothing, but turning a year older. Raptors blew it up. Pacers stood pat. Pistons, Hornets, and Wizards are the Pistons, Hornets, and Wizards. So out of the 15 Eastern Conference teams, the only ones I'm even vaguely confident will get better are the Magic, just because they have a bunch of young players. They're not still going to be contenders or anything. And the Hawks. Uh, you know, I'm hearing good things about trying to turn the philosophy of the team. Frankly, I don't think Mahatma Gandhi could convince Trey Young to be an off-ball player, but I respect the efforts. And then I look at the Bucks and Celtics. I mean, they feel like they're already top two teams, certainly were on record last year in the East, and they got way better. I mean, talent gap is just so massive this year. I'm kind of concerned the other Eastern teams are going to resort to communism. But basically, the Bucks were the one seed last year, added Damian Lillard, Chris Middleton's healthy. We'll see what happens with Adrian Griffin, but they feel like they're going to be a pretty solid team. And meanwhile, Boston replaced Marcus Smart with Drew Holiday. That's a big upgrade. It added Chris Dapps Porzingis over Robert Williams, who I guess didn't really play too much. I mean, they're so talented that Derek White, who I think would start on 29 other teams, is coming off their bench, which is just ludicrous. So I did some looking back, and the last 60-game winner was actually the 2022 Suns, a team that got ran by the Mavericks a couple years back. Uh, last couple of years, no 60-win teams. The one before that was 2019 Bucks, although COVID did kind of uh, destroy some records. But the last time two teams won 60 games was, I believe, five years ago. I'm not exactly sure, but I think that both the Bucks and the Celtics are going to win 62 games this year, something that hasn't happened since the 2015-16 season when the Warriors went 73-9 and the Spurs very quietly went 67-15. and The time before that, 2009. So I get there's some load management stuff going on. I still think that'll be a thing despite the rule changes. And the West is pretty strong, but by and large, look at the talent differential in the East. I think uh, Bucks and Celtics, 62 games, book it. What do you guys think? Oh, yeah, I should say that we do the, the 1 to 10 rating scale. So and feel free to be as harsh as you want. Nothing is off limits. Insult my take. Insult my character. Insult me as a person. Go for it. I mean, I'll take, I'll take a 7 or an 8 on the uh, likelihood that that happens, but I have a couple follow-up questions. Um, one... In regards to the Damian Lillard trade for the Bucks and Giannis too, do you how seriously do you or aggressively do you play Lillard or Giannis through the beginning of the regular season though? Yeah, it's kind of tough because I know that Giannis used to only play like 32 points per game. Sometimes I guess uh, Coach Griffin said he's gonna play them more this year. I feel like basically you got to keep playing them as long as that one seed is still in question. So I expect somewhat heavy minutes. I know they don't have a ton of depth right now, so they might kind of have to play their starters a bunch. But, yeah, I mean, I think that it's going to be neck and neck with the Celtics all season. So I think for that reason, I mean, they're going to keep sending them out there to batter and battle against the rest of the league. Other thing is uh, not to play devil's advocate here or whatever, but 
Like, how big of a deal is it for the Bucks to get number one seed, though? I mean, because like, to be honest, I was gonna say the Celtics. I think were two or three seed last year, and the Warriors, right? That's who the two finals teams were. Well, you're going back a couple of years ago. But oh my yeah. god, who's the last year then? Uh, Nuggets and the Heat. That's right. Yeah, the yeah. Heat were the eight seed, and so. Yeah, I was gonna say Heat were the eight seed, and the Nuggets were not the first seed. I don't. No, know. they were the one seed. Were they? Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. They were. They were. My bad. <laughs> But I don't know if it's huge for the Bucks because they've won the number one seed past couple of years, and they haven't gotten to the finals except for that one in 2019, 2020. Yeah, I believe that was 2021. But, yeah, oh, I mean, yeah it, right. it's a fair point. I just think that there's a point where they're just better than the other teams. So they're going to rattle off some wins. But I don't know. Uh, it's going to be a fun season no matter what. Matthew, what are you thinking here? Um, I think the Bucks have a really good shot at meeting that goal that you talked about. Um. The only problem I have with the starting lineup is that they're really short on shooting guards. Um, I saw a lot of posts from different outlets talking about Pat Connington being the starting shooting guard. And he's athletic at all. He's been in a dunk contest. You know, he dunked over Christian Yelich that one year. (laughs) Um, I thought that was a fever dream. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And he could be good defensively. However, I do like their bench, though. You had Jay Crowder, who's been on the team before. He's He could be a 3-and-D player like P.J. Tucker in that championship team. You had Malik Beasley. He's a good scorer, but kind of minimal on defense. And you have Marjan Beauchamp, which I think is going to take the biggest step for this team. Like, I heard a lot of the Bucks players saying that he has unlimited potential and, like, you know, the ball is in his court. And, yeah, and just adding Lillard kind of – as to it all, um, yeah, team's got to pick their poison. Uh, like he said, um, he can either defend the paint or defend the perimeter. It's their choice. Um, and then Brooke Lopez, too. Uh, he was top three in the defensive player of the year yep. uh, races. And team's got a pretty high ceiling, but they're for sure making the playoffs. I'll, I will indeed say that. Awesome. You're going to get that. What are you giving me on that 1 to 10 scale? Are you with me on this one, or are you... Yeah, I'll give it a seven. Oh, awesome. I'll take it. And Oliver, uh, you have any thoughts on this one? So I don't, you know, have a a vast base of knowledge that's on the fair. topic. But, you know, based on just the vibe of what you're saying, I'd say that's a <laughs> seven out of ten. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that very much as a Alex Schuster comes stumbling in the door here. But we'll, we'll close it out. I mean, uh, Matthew, you want to go ahead with your take here? All right. So Victor Wimayama, right? He got drafted first overall to the San Antonio Spurs. They had a history of when they have the number one overall pick, they basically get a generational player like David Robinson and Tim Duncan, right? And, you know, people see the Spurs team and they think it's a rebuilding season because they just got the number one overall pick and they don't really have that many star-studded players. But I would argue that their ceiling this season, they can be the sixth seed in the Ooh. Western Conference, right? So, when you look at the roster, right? They have, of course, Wimbayama. Like, I saw his highlights, and he he kind of looks unstoppable. And I know that's crazy to say about a rookie, but he, he is truly a demigod. Um, you know, he, he can... He's inside and out. He can really score the ball. He can defend. He's some foot four. He's got everything. Um, as for the rest of the starting lineup, you got... Keldon Johnson, who I think is an underrated uh, scorer and defender, you know, really underrated two-way player. Uh, Trey Jones, he's a good playmaker and a good defensive guard. I watched him when he was uh, in Duke. Um, You have Devin Vassell, which he got that huge contract. Oh, yeah. We'll just have to see if the money, you know, talks. Um, He's a great shooter, uh, especially off the pick and roll. Um, and then their bench, you got Julian Champagne, which he ended end of last season, he was doing really good. Uh, you got Devontae Graham, a veteran point guard, Zach Collins, a decent big man. Um, Doug McDermott, a veteran shooter, Shetty Osman, another veteran shooter. And then Jeremy Sohan, you know, the Swiss Army Knight, he, he could do everything at a pretty good rate. And then Blake Wesley, too, I think he'll get a really good jump. He's a really good on-ball defender, and I expect him to uh, play a big role in this bench for the Spurs. So, again, I think the ceiling for the Spurs with Wimbayama, I think they could be, at most, a six seed in the West. 
Wow. Um, well, I guess I'll, I'll jump to you, Schuster. I mean, first of all, how was your field trip? <laughs> uh, well, it was my first and probably going to be my only college field trip. Uh, it was pretty exciting. Uh, got to go out and see the village of Shorewood out in Milwaukee, uh, take some pictures. And, uh, yeah, it, it was a very busy day. Uh, I, I took a nap on the bus ride back, which was pretty, pretty great. might have been the highlight of it because I, I feel uh, refreshed. I, I shouldn't say that was a highlight. Of yeah, it. It, was, it was say, a really fun day. It how are you going to say day. you had a fun trip and then say taking a nap was the best part? But. Well, a, a, a good nap at the at the end of a long day might be one of the best things in the world, and I might use that as my take for this week. But uh, <laughs> uh, to, to get back to sports here, um, I, I think you already know what I'm going to say for this one. I'm, I'm tempted to give it a zero uh, just because of uh, what I've, I've said in the past is one of my, my – takes has already been that uh Wemid Yama will be a bust and that uh I another one was that the Spurs will also be a lottery team again this year uh so yeah uh that, that's kind of where I stand on it it is a little bit to be a contrarian but uh yeah I, I'm not very high on the Spurs team this year and yeah, I might be exaggerating a little bit with saying he's a bust but uh yeah I, I don't I don't see it working out year one <laughs> Welcome to the show, Matthew. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> oh man, Cole, what do you think of that? Um, mm, that's a tough. A ceiling as to succeed, I'd be much more willing to agree with than like not saying the ceiling part. I'll give it. I'll give it a five because I'm also kind of in the. I'm in the boat. I don't think Wimbledon. I don't know if a bust is the right term, but I don't. I said this about. Um, who did Thunder take? Shet Holmgren? Is that right? Yep. Yeah, I said that about him when the Thunder took him, too, two years ago. I don't think they're going to be, like, instantly amazing. I think Wimbin Yama will be good, but, like, I don't think he's going to be, like, that good by himself. I don't think the Spurs make the playoffs, honestly, though. I think they have a chance, maybe? Like, six seed sounds crazy to me, though, looking at the West's, like, talent. Awesome. I mean, I feel like I'm kind of lobbing a live grenade at you, Oliver, here. You, you want to chime in on this one? So I don't um, – I'm not extremely aware of what that all means. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it a strong um, 6. Awesome. Point four out of 10. Yeah, we, we really are bullying you this show here, Oliver. We're, we are very glad you're here, though. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think it's funny about Wembenyama, Matthew, because you see the highlights of him, like the step-back threes, the amazing blocks. But you remember – going back to his actual time in France, he still shot below 30% from the three-point line. So I think, you know, the highlights could be incredible. I'm so excited to watch them. That being said, though, last year's sixth seed it was the Golden State Warriors. So that's kind of where the level's at. I mean, I feel like they could be a really fun team, certainly the best league pass team. But, yeah, I don't know. i got to give you a four on this one. But you, you, you got us talking. So A for effort on that one. Yeah, and, you know, just say that just to be a dark horse, you know, uh, and if Wimbayama stays healthy, I think that's the major concern for Wimbayama and this team, you know, because he instantly becomes the backbone when you draft him. Yeah, he is a toothpick, unfortunately. But he <laughs> seems like he's okay with that. I don't know. He probably knows more than I do when it comes to basketball, actually, I'll say definitely. Well, Oliver, what do you got for us? Excited to hear it. So, uh, my take is that I like watching baseball. <laughs> I love that take, more, dude. More than other sports. It's my favorite one. Appreciate it. <laughs> That's what I got. Baseball's my favorite. <laughs> well, I mean, I kind of want to hear Alex on this one because he despises baseball, so we can just keep making him a hater on this uh, show. Yeah, I guess I, I feel bad just coming in with uh, a bunch of negative energy here, um, just bringing, going in, going in a different direction here. Uh, baseball has to be my least favorite sport to watch. Um, <laughs> unless I will watch the Brewers when they're playing. I don't mind playoff baseball, but I it's one of those things where you're channel surfing and you're only doing that. You're pu only putting that game on if it's not your team, if it's during a commercial of maybe a football game. So uh, that I feel bad. I don't want to give it a zero out of ten. I'll, I'll give it a four because I do. I will watch baseball, but it, it is not my favorite sport. You consider know, it the most boring sport? Not the most boring, but it's my least favorite to watch. Even like golf and tennis. I I don't mind golf. Really? <laughs> I, I'm all right with it. Okay. That's another one. Just 
take a nap on a Sunday, put, put some yeah, golf on. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I was going to say, Cole, you and I were just talking about this before the show, weren't we? Yeah, watching baseball, the watchability of it. I like baseball's watchability. I mean, I used to play baseball back in high school, so I'm gonna, I'm, I'm a little biased here, but I will I will give haters the 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 credit that uh, it's it's a tough sport to watch front to back, like with full attention. Uh, I like to think of it as like professional baseball, at least. It's like one of those sports you can like, you know, watch it here and there while like you're multitasking or like, yeah, like you said, take a Sunday nap and come back and it's a three or four hour long game, which is tough. <laughs> um, and then, you know, you know, watch 20 minutes worth, not even that, watch five minutes worth of highlights and all of a sudden you're recapped on the whole game. You know, so I do like watching baseball, but I will give you, I will give you the points that, uh, it's tough to like act like actively watch it as like a top priority of my day for multiple reasons. So I like watching baseball though. I'll get I'm torn. I'll give it like a six just because I got the baseball bias. Awesome. What are you thinking here, Matthew? Um, I like baseball. Um, coming from a person who's played baseball in high school. Um, just saying, you look like you were a menace at yeah. baseball. <laughs> yeah, I was a uh, pitcher and outfielder. Um, yeah, as for watching baseball, it's kind of, I would kind of channel surf a little bit, but like the playoffs right now, I'd say they're must watch because watching the Rangers beat the Houston Astros to go to world series top tier. I loved every, every single second of it. Um, like I would say playoff baseball is better than regular season baseball just because the atmosphere of it. Or maybe even a rivalry game. You know, you have the Red Sox and the Yankees. But uh, I would give this six or seven. You know, I don't hate on it. No, I I will give you a better than that, Oliver. I watched, I think, just about 130 of the Brewers' 162 games. I'll admit I didn't watch. I wasn't locked in the whole time. I was doing other stuff. But, you know, we've never given out a 10 to 10 on the show, except for when we ate Carolina Reapers. We were in a good mental space. But I'll give you a 9 out of 10 for this one. I just think, because, you know, you, could, you see the scores like 10 to 2, and you think, like, oh, this is pretty boring. But you could just say the same with football when – I mean, a team gets blown out or basketball. So, I mean, when the Brewers were in the playoffs, I guess I told Alex, I'm not sure I said it on the show before, but, like, when they were in the bottom of the ninth and they had a chance to, like, tie things up, I was laying on the ground in my room in the fetal position with the radio next to me because it just it makes me so – I don't even want to say anxious, but I'm so energized by what I'm watching. So, I mean, Oliver, it's – we <laughs> kind of ambush you going on the show today. <laughs> But I'm with you 100% on that one. And with that, Schuster, what you got for us here? I'm, I, I think I just have to double down on uh, the, the nap after a long day. I mean, just a, a good 45-minute car nap, if it's a good one, you do feel great afterwards, and then you, you, you're basically teleporting there. So to me, it was like coming straight from Shorewood in Milwaukee uh, down into Madison and the blink of an eye so uh that, that was a 10 out of 10 was able to still sort of make the show i was a little bit late i apologize for the tardiness there but oh not a problem um i will say that that i i, I think it's fair to say that 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 nap at the end of this day was <laughs> it, it's okay to have that be the highlight of your day i think so weirdly our first non-sports rate my take which i'm kind of stunned by we go off the rails quite a bit I'll give you the 8 out of 10 on this one because I, the reason I don't give you a 9 or a 10 was because sometimes you fall asleep and then your friend takes a picture of you sleeping and then it winds up on social media and then it's like a whole thing. But, I mean, sleep is basically time travel, I feel like. So when you're in that long car ride, I'm with you all the way on that one. What are you thinking here, Matthew? I personally do not take naps, right? And the only time I would, like, sleep in a car or more so like a plane or a bus uh, would more so be during nighttime, like you know when you're a kid and like you like fall asleep in a like a long car ride back home and then you wake up and then you're instantly in your bed. I feel like that's a better feeling than just taking a nap and like a car ride in the middle of the day. Like for me personally, napping or like sleeping in general during the daytime, it's it's kind of weird to me because I feel like. You know, like as mammals as we are humans, um, we are more so awake towards 
the daylight of the sun like it activates like you know like every part of our body it makes us stay more awake um but yeah i i give it like a three <laughs> you turned into like Joe Rogan for yeah. a second. <laughs> oh my gosh, Oliver! Excited so, to hear what you got for this one. I've got some strong emotions on naps in the car. Uh oh. All right. Gas. Now I've I've been milling it over while, while hearing these <laughs> for, things for the full say, twenty seconds. I, yeah, the whole time. I I love napping in the car. Make I get so so tired. Something about being in a moving vehicle. I used to when I was younger. I'd be able to like play video games in the car can't do it anymore i'll get sick so i just totally like incapacitate the second <laughs> i get in the car and it is wonderful awesome I, so scale yeah. one to ten what do you mm. give in this opinion eight maybe a nine okay I mean, really good take wow high marks here for alex I, I, this is the first one that I've had in a long time, and it's uh, probably no coincidence that it, it's not about sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just makes you do a talk show. That was our last segment we've ever done with sports. Cole, round it out for us here. Ooh, um, I do like naps. I took a nap earlier today, so I mean, I can't, I can't judge this too hard. Obviously, um, so naps in general, I give very high rating to naps in a car or like any sort of like moving vehicle i feel like are really high the only negative that i personally have against napping in general but particularly in like a car is just like the pure discombobulation i have when i wake up yeah (laughs) where it's like just the just the the randomness of like what just happened where am i and like trying to put yourself back together to get out of the car especially um, but outside of that one thing and the idea that I don't like taking naps when I still have stuff to do later on in the day, just because I feel like if I take a nap where it's like either one, because of like that, like, you know, the meme about, oh, I fell asleep for 20 minutes and then four hours later I woke up or like the idea of like just taking any length of nap in general and then having to like be like, all right get myself reset to like almost restart the day now i still have stuff to do in the evening or whatever um but that all said i do love naps so i'm gonna give it like a strong seven awesome i'll take a strong seven i should preface it with uh being a college student i I had to wake up at seven uh to go on this field trip uh which is probably the earliest i've gotten up in approximately two months uh uh yeah so I, i think a nap is fair at that point (laughs) <laughs> appreciate right, your strong analysis yeah. there Schuster uh, may, maybe we should go back to the sports here. <laughs> <laughs> finally Cole what, what you got for us um, all right, I know as far as sports takes go we hit two strong basketball ones and baseball so I will go with football and I will lay down the take that I do not think Caleb Williams will be the first overall draft pick in the upcoming NFL draft yeah that's that's pretty gutsy I mean I feel like that because there's certainly some concerns, you could say. Uh, he was pretty bad the last two weeks, and um, I was a big fan of him saying like the the lion doesn't concern himself with the sheep when talking about the two fans who like ran up to him after one of the games. Uh, but I just feel like he, he, all the talent is there, and frankly, I don't think any of the other quarterbacks have truly been so far above that they'd go over him. But I don't know. I, I gotta, give you, gotta give you a three on this one. All right. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat here. I'll I think I might go a four, uh, just because I feel bad for giving out bad grades on the show, but I got to bump it up one for that. Um, the like Caleb Williams' talent and the time that he's like his entire time in college, he's been showing it uh, that he is a generational talent. So I think even if the Bears end up with that number one overall pick, they might be in a situation where they're willing to trade it away again. So whoever ends up in that slot, uh, I think, is going to take him. All right. And uh, Matthew, round it out for us here. Um, It's possible. Um, I think, yeah, Kale Williams is in a slump with the loss of Notre Dame and Utah. Um, But the talent's still there, you know, players of any kind they have a slump like this every single season um but i think maybe like depending on who's first overall maybe marvin harrison jr can go first but it's 
it's highly unlikely just because the raw talent of Caleb Williams is showing. Um, I'll give this a five. All right. And I guess I'll do it for the most insane rate my take we have ever had in the history of the show, Alex. And with that, we'll jump to what's it called, Alex? Uh, Badger Sports Update? I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll come up with a new name for it next week, we promise. But we'll start out with soccer. It's been an incredible week for both Wisconsin soccer teams. We'll start with the men's team who beat Ohio State last Friday, pick up their first win since September 24th. Now sitting at 5-4-5, five, and five, the Badgers will play Milwaukee at home in about 30 minutes before closing out the regular season at home against Penn State on Sunday. Women's team ended their regular season with a marquee 1-0 win over number 4-ranked Penn State. The win pushed the Badgers' record to 12-3-3 overall and 7-2-1 in conference, which awards them the three-seed in the upcoming Big Ten tournament. Bucky plays at home against Rutgers this Sunday at McClyman. Uh, Excellent win beating Penn State, uh, but it was a total heartbreaker in some ways because they dropped a game to Ohio State that they maybe should have won. They lost 1-0. And here are the top top three schools for Big Ten. Uh, Nebraska went 7-1-2. Michigan State also went 7-1-2. Wisconsin, 7-2-1. Missed it by half of one game. Road to the Big Ten Championship. Could have gone through Wisconsin, but unfortunately we're not going to get to see that. However, uh, I really hope uh, I can see everybody there on Sunday. Uh, it's almost a running, unfunny joke. Uh, playoff game tickets, $0.00. So no excuse not to go support the squad at McClyman. And we'll jump to volleyball. Um, the heavyweight bout between the 18-0 Wisconsin, 18-0 Nebraska, lived up to the hype plus more. The game, which broke the record for most watched NCAA regular season volleyball game ever, saw Wisconsin lose set five, 13-15, as the Cornhuskers pulled off an incredible win. Oh, man, I can see you shaking your head there, Matthew. I mean, what was your reaction to that one? Man, a heartbreaking. But it was an incredible game, though. I, It was really fun to watch, but it was unfortunate fate gave us a loss. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I was talking before how I had a Halloween party. Uh, I actually forgot about my costume, so I threw in a floppy hat and said it was Gilligan, which worked <laughs> out pretty darn well. But uh, I was watching that. I was the classic guy at the party on his phone in the back watching that game, and I was, um, I, I was, I was going through it after that one just to make it so close. Such a fun game. Awesome to see Nebraska fans not just selling out the arena, but also outside of the arena, like watching it like the Deer District for the Bucks. But that being said, that's what made it so much more sweeter to beat them. And now we'll jump to hockey uh, to cleanse the palate. We'll jump to the men's team. They're off to its best start in years under first-year head coach Mike Hastings. And they are ranked 14th after a 5-1 start. The Badgers are coming off a sweep of number 17-ranked Minnesota Tech, yet will face easily their toughest test this Thursday and Friday as the team heads to Minnesota to play the Golden Gophers. Meanwhile, the already well-established women's hockey team kept the train rolling last week by sweeping Bemidji State at home. Bucky's off to an incredible 8-0 start, but will play on the road the next three weeks. So, uh, I got a stat for you guys here. Um, so, the schools Clarkson and Quinnipiac have scored 28 total goals. They're, they're tied for third in the nation. Uh, Rensselaer has the second most goals, scored with 32. How many goals has Wisconsin scored? Spoiler alert, they are number one. So, I'll, I'll get guesses from anyone. Just chime in here. 45. All right. 35. 40. 40 from Oliver. 48. 48. Well, you know, they didn't, like, kill. It's like they scored, like, 60 because they scored 66. They have over-doubling second place in that department. Offense has been on fire. They're so good that um, they uh, they played Bemidji State. They beat them 4-0 the first game, beat them 8-1 the second game, both blowouts. Easily the best a team has fared against Wisconsin so far this year. So, been incredible to watch. Absolute thrill. And with that... We're going to head to break. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, I think Alex and I are going to go through our usual nonsense here for the second half of the show. But, I mean, Matthew, Oliver, Cole, excited to hear you guys show uh, next semester. So, any final words here? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for having us on, man. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank, I mean, Thanks for filling in for me, guys. Yeah, and thanks yeah. for... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, especially excited to hear Oliver. I, I I, I kind of I feel bad because I thought you were a sports trainer. You actually a talk no, trainer. I didn't. Uh, so. I realized I didn't. I just said trainee in my first message. <laughs> yeah. Well, great to have you nonetheless. And with that, we'll be right back. We're gonna play some very important messages. But don't go anywhere. Uh, Alex and I will talk about some NFL and we'll talk some NBA predictions as the season starts tonight. Delwater Gap 
will be performing at the Majestic Theater on Wednesday, November 1st. This Brooklyn-based indie rock project cites romantic encounters in dimly lit rooms as its biggest inspirations. Doors open at 7 p.m. and the show starts at 8 p.m. At Stillwater Gap, Wednesday, November 1st at the Majestic Theater. Hey, Jay, what are you doing? I'm going to walk. But Jay, the light is red. What if there's a car? You know I don't believe in cars. I'm going to walk. Jay, please. I'm doing it. <gasps> he really put the L in walk. Let's not be like our ex-friend Jay. It's well known that Wisconsin ranks 46 in the country for jaywalking-related accidents. And with your participation, we could be 47th. Here are some tips to help you obey pedestrian traffic laws. Often find yourself restless at a red light? Carry around a fidget toy or a snack. Look left and right, then left again. Repeat as necessary. Hold hands while crossing the street. If still inclined to break the law, ask a friend to restrain you. Remember, you, you can't, can't walk, walk if you're, you're hit, hit by, by a car. And we are back. Wise words from a very wise person here at the end of our favorite PSA. Uh, you're listening to After Further Review on WSUM 91.7 FM Madison. I'm Vincent Hesbrook here with Alex Schuster. Good for you for coming flying in the studio as soon as your field trip is done. But we've got some kind of unfortunate stuff to talk about. Um, you know, we've, we've been doing the Packer grades, but we decided we don't want to talk about the Packers. <laughs> So what would you write down here on our planning document? Yeah, well, so pending further review, I think it's time to uh, put the Packers grades on a little bit of the, a backseat because, uh, as my mom always said, uh, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. So Yeah, and that's um, the exact opposite of the tagline for Rate My Take, but wise words from Mrs. Schuster nonetheless. As we'll jump into laundry list, um, you know, not everything can be made into a segment. We watch a lot of sports, a lot of stuff we want to talk about. So, Alex, what you got for us here? Uh, so the NFL refs are, are still kind of bad at their job. Like, <laughs> especially this week, it was the week of penalties, uh, and suspicious calls that seem to have a direct influence on the outcome of games, uh, which kind of makes it, uh, difficult for people to make the argument that the NFL isn't rigged. I know we've talked about this before that I don't think it is, but, Especially after this weekend, like I'm, I'm starting to kind of buy into the conspiracy. Oh, like, it, so wait, wait, I, I, I need this on the record. I don't believe it, but I, if it came out with like some sort of scandal with at least one of those games, I would not be surprised. I don't think it's like the league doing anything, but I do think that there's like some sort of thing with officials that might have some favoritism or biases wow. or something like that. But it's it's a little suspect. So you're like full on. I on do cons- kind of. I I'm on conspiracy theory. Oh watch. my gosh, yeah. you know, Alex. There's literally 22 people on the field at all times, and you get one chance to make the right call. I. You, I oh my goodness. I'm, I'm still. I'm on watch. We're on watch. It's not confirmed yet, but. Yeah, I I don't actually believe it, but like there, it is a little like that. Uh, well. Eagles Dolphins I don't That was saying. pretty bad was and great. then also the Browns Colts game was another one was really bad the um, pass interference where the I mean the ball went into the stands how is that supposed <laughs> to be catchable that those two were the ones that I was like I don't kind of a little a little wary about I don't know I'm, yeah. I'm probably wrong I hope I'm wrong but my gosh we should have brought back Packer Grades <laughs> I can't believe you right now uh, I just feel like cuz I don't. So let's just say the NFL were to hypothetically rig a regular season game because they know that they don't want to have the conversation of people saying that the game is rigged. That's bad for their whole brand or whatever. I just don't get the logic behind trying to fix a regular season game. See, I don't think it's the refs. I think, all right, I don't think it's the league, but I, I do think it would be refs. And I don't know that they're like necessarily like in intending to do it like they go in like we have to make sure the score is like this and like this is exactly like script like the script thing i don't buy into but i I do believe that the refs can have an influence on the game and if it's not intentional they still got to find a way to smooth this out a little bit well i agree that there's definitely some bad calls i think they should go to the what's the box judge idea where they can like review penalties and a guy can quick call down the field and be like yeah it's not a good idea but i 
I, I'm honestly stunned right now. If this was a take, I'd give it a zero. You really think that there's a full conspiracy of NFL referees gambling on games and fixing it for? I don't. I'm. I i do not want to say say all that, but I. I could be convinced to that. Is what I'm saying. Uh, well, I if, will. Not we'll be doing see that what convincing. happens later on the in the year, but. I, I might have to start tracking it and doing some research on the officials and seeing what, seeing what happens oh, here. Oh, great. You're going to do your own research yeah, now. That's exactly. what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Well, well, so it, how many, if it's the same refs over and over again, that's the thing. It's like I haven't, I, you see bad calls and most of the time you don't know who's the one doing it. If it's if we end up with like the, or the NFL having their own like Scott Foster, I'm, I, I don't know. Maybe you can make the argument. <laughs> I'm, I'm stunned right now, Schuster, but we'll just jump to your F1 stuff. Get out of here. All right, so uh, Formula One was in the United States over the weekend, uh, racing in Austin, and there was a couple uh, pretty big storylines. Uh, one of them, after the race, was a lot of drivers complaining about the track surface, uh, along with some of the, the FIA, uh, more just random blunders of stuff. Like, they had their free practice on Friday and then they changed the the outside border of the track and just didn't tell anyone uh for don't know why <laughs> just didn't tell anyone uh um, feels like a safety hazard not well so it was just like oh they moved they extended a white line to give people more space so okay. it was like to their benefit but like you think that you would yeah you want to game plan that yeah exactly yeah say something about it uh which was just weird but then a lot of people were worried about the track service like degrading uh, the bottoms of the cars because they do ride as close as possible to the ground and sometimes there's contact and sparks and stuff fly off the back of the car but there was two teams Mercedes and Ferrari each got one car that finished uh, I believe second and third in the race disqualified uh, because of uh, a violation that they had their floor was too thin and they blamed the, the track and that degradation and not them not accounting for how bad the track surface was and that causing it, but uh, I, I, I am inclined to believe them, but at the same time, because it was two cars on two different teams and their teammates had no issue with it, I don't know, but it is a little bit fishy there also of like they might be intent like knowing what's going on and it was like <laughs> a couple millimeters off and like especially in Formula One, they're like teams try and cheat as much as possible and it's there's no secret there like it it's a part of their game plan is to see what legal cheating they can do wow um you know i'm not i know f1 like um oliver knows victor Wembanyama, <laughs> but that being said uh, it seems like f1 really kind of messes up with the rules quite a bit here uh it's very very confusing uh, almost 100 percent of the time and it more so in the last couple of years after they switched to a different kind of like leadership under the same regulatory body. So yeah, okay. uh, definitely things to get straightened out. But because of their suspensions, we had an American driver uh, score points. Oh, yeah. USA, baby. Switching my mind. Yeah. Go F1 all the way. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That, that That's so funny. <laughs> so whenever you talk about F1, it's always the, the oversight body messes up and someone does something or other or they yeah. have a weird trophy you have to kiss that lights it, up. Um, it's, it's all weird things, and that's part of the reason why I like it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I only have one thing for the laundry list. A lot of times I have like $20 billion, so I decided to keep it short this time. Uh, I, I'm loving the MLB playoffs. Watch most of the games, but there's been so many moments where I thought to myself, ooh, I wonder what time the game is on tonight because I really want to make sure I don't miss it, only to realize that the game was already in the fourth inning because the game is at like the weirdest times ever. So, you know, there's been games that have been, um, I mean, actual playoff games at noon and stuff, but I guess that's, you know, you have a lot of games, There's that's fair, but when you get to the NL and ALCS, the semifinals, the basically the equivalent of the conference finals in basketball. And you, so here are all the different times that the Astros and Rangers series start. And these are, I mean, this is one series here. 815, 4-37, 8-0-3, 5-0-7. That's four different times for seven games. And they're all of the weirdest times ever. So you can say, well, you know, also the Phillies and Diamondbacks are playing as well. They got to space that out. But, there's been so many times they overlap because the, the average MLB playoff game is three and a half hours long, and they're treating it like they should be three hours long, 
which leads to the most crucial innings overlapping the start of another game. So I just I don't get the logic whatsoever. And then I feel like this is part of why MLB's playoff ratings kind of sputter because the World Series does consistently just about as well as the NBA Finals, but their playoffs do worse. So it's like, I mean, there's probably multiple reasons. I mean, frankly, Lakers-Warriors was watched pretty close to some of the Finals games, but this feels like part of the reason why they're kind of falling behind. Yeah, I think part of the reason they have those like really weird start times is because of like paid messaging. You got to get so many of in before the game and uh, just agreements that they have with uh, like advertising sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, it is definitely frustrating for the viewer to not like or especially when they give you a different start time or like for football games. I know that this will happen all oh, the time yeah. where it's like, all right, kickoff at eight o'clock and then it's eight fifteen and they're still like doing a coin toss and everything. You're like, yeah, it's like what's going on? want the people to watch the games yeah. like the, 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 the viewers are not the people you want to mess with. They're the TV execs. But I, I don't know. I just hope it changes because this is kind of ludicrous. I understand football maybe a little bit because there's a lot of moving parts into getting the game going, but I just think it's funny when I go to Camp Randall, there's the clock that's like when the game starts, and then it hits zero. There's still like five more minutes <laughs> of nonsense to go through. So, yeah, I'm with you all the way. And with that, we might, do you want to save our NFL segment for next week here? Uh, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, because that sounds like one we can shoehorn in any week, although it is a high-quality segment like all the other ones we do on this show. But we'll jump to our uh, – well, we want to make – NBA kicks off tonight. I believe it should start half hour after the show ends. I think the Lakers play the Nuggets. That'll be a good one. But uh, we got to turn everything into a draft because that's how this show works. We have our overarching point total where the loser has to say something on air prepared by the winner. And we're tied 4-4 right now because I believe I won the baseball – Bold prediction segment. No, Def- five five. I think. Uh, are you? You might be up one after the baseball. I think that was a tie. I think that was a tie breaking one. We'll figure it out. I guess okay. we really should know yeah, we, this. To we, be yeah, honest, <laughs> we needed some sort of like scoreboard for uh, this. But we're gonna go through. We're gonna pick. Uh, go back and forth picking teams that we think will win the championship. Just give us an opportunity to talk about certain teams, but also if the team that we picked happens to win the championship, then we get the point for it. So uh, I guess you want to do, I mean, how about second person picks two and three, and then first person gets one. What can we flip here? Um, sure, this pen, uh, white side up or down, heads or tails? I'll call it in the air. All right. Heads. It's, it's, I think that's tails. I think it's tails, yeah. I don't know, I'll take two and three. You can okay. take the first pick here. All right. Well, I th- think there's an obvious pick here. I'm gonna take the Bucks. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, uh, just for fan rooting interest, I'd rather uh, be able to be happy because my team won and because I get a point if they do end up winning the championship. Uh, so sorry, Vince. Uh, if it gets down to the finals, you might have to sweat that one out if it's a close game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I look at it as a win-win for me because if they. I'm not going to be like, it's not going to be game seven tie game. Like, ooh, I really hope they miss that because otherwise Alex is going to get one point on yeah, our arbitrary what, game we don't even know the score of. What if, it's, what if it's a game seven in our game then too and it comes down to the last second and I don't know. Uh, I've already said plenty of stupid <laughs> stuff on this show. I got no problem saying one more if it means the Bucks get themselves a championship. But, I mean, going back to the actual case, I mean, they got preloaded oh, roster, yeah. don't they? Uh, Giannis paired up with Dame. I think the biggest concern is having both of them stay healthy throughout the year. Um, I, there's other concerns about bench depth and the quality of the other players in their starting lineup. Um, I, I'm a fan of Brooke Lopez. I, I think he's a quality player. He can score and defend. Uh, great two-way player. Chris Middleton is a, I'm a little bit more concerned about. We saw some signs of the old Chris Middleton last year. He definitely looked like he lost a step after that injury. Um, but if he is uh, able to get back to that old Chris Middleton, especially without as much pressure put on him to be in a ball-handling position, he more just has to be wide open, hit his shots when he gets them, and then uh, kind of play that third role off of Damon Giannis's uh, pick-and-roll action. So uh, I, I do think it's going to take a little bit before we see this team really start to get going. I don't think that they're going to be a one seed by any means, uh, but once they get into the playoffs, I, having those two players on the same team, uh, I don't know how you pick against them. Yeah, well, it's funny you say that because my take at the start of the show is that the Bucks and Celtics will each win at least 62 games, but wow. let's see what happens here. Um, yeah, I mean, prime healthy Chris Milton was so fun to watch, and I think we, you know, all the finals talk 
um, when they won the championship. The credit goes to Giannis for his finals performance. But I think we kind of forget that his, he basically snapped his leg in the Eastern Conference Finals. And Chris Milton kind of, I don't want to say carried, but he had some lights-out performances for them. He looked like he was the best player on the court at times. And he had done that in our championship run as well, like taking over in, uh, I believe it was a game six or game yeah, seven. Yeah, I was talking about that. Yeah. Against the, oh, yeah. I forgot. Well, yeah, and the Suns, he had a 40-point yeah. game. I forget about that. So uh, th- that was r- really important also against the Hawks and the Nets too. Like in each one of those series, he at least had one big game step up performance I, th- I think that's kind of what we're going to need out of him again um, not every single night but every once in a while just being a, a guy that can step up and show that he is still a star player yeah he had the game-winning bucket against the Nets in that game seven uh, underrated player excited to see him back hopefully he's healthy and with that uh, for my pick I gotta go with the Nuggets I mean they won the championship last year loaded roster I think the Bruce Brown loss will hurt them especially because it looks like you're going to have to rely on Reggie Jackson at times a guy who got uh, bought out by the Clippers but I mean maybe they can swing some deals they still got some picks in their back pocket and plus they they won it last year so clearly they have a chance to do it again yeah I mean that obviously a great pick I just oh, thank you so much think it's hard to go back to back so I don't I didn't want to pick a repeat champion um, so I, I I do think that is they're probably the odds on favorite right now, right? I think the Bucks are actually. Okay, really? Okay. But yeah, I mean Nuggets are right there as well. Um definitely a tough Western Conference, but I guess for, I almost don't even have an order to my 2 and 3. I just know I'm picking the Celtics next. Uh just a loaded roster in my opinion. I think they're going to get the one seed in the East. Uh you just look at the replacements they made. I won't spend too much time cuz I talk about them quite a bit at the top of the show, but replacing Drew Holiday with Marcus Smart is already a major upgrade. We saw Drew Holiday basically become Marcus Smart's father in that playoff series, although Marcus Smart did wind up winning uh, that series. And Kristaps Porzingis was quietly very good for the Wizards. I think it was more because he could be so ball-dominant, especially with Bradley Beal missing time. But I just think that they're they're just so talented. So I know they've had their struggles, but you just got to keep picking them and maybe eventually they'll get... Uh, they'll get over the hump. Yeah, I really like the Drew Holiday addition. I, I do think that's uh, a major step up defensively and slightly offensively, especially with the decision-making of uh, Drew Holiday compared to Marcus Smart. He's not a guy that uh, even I, – I don't think he really wants to have the ball in his hands all that often. I mean, with the Bucks, it seemed like he wasn't really that willing to step up and take as many shots, uh, especially when we had both – Giannis and Chris Middleton healthy uh so a step up on the defensive end and then with all the other scores they already have on that team uh just fits in perfectly there uh Porzingis I have a little bit more of a concern with uh I mean obviously missed a lot of time in his career but then has also shown when he can be healthy uh how big of an impact that can have on the game so he's still a great player I'm excited to see what he's going to look like at the same time I'm kind of nervous about it because I, I would prefer to <laughs> have him do poorly so the Celtics lose but that's just from my fandom perspective yeah we hope that all the Celtics stay healthy of course we just hope that they do terrible yeah um so I guess you want to each have three total teams yeah I think that's good okay so I think you're up then and uh do I do one pick or do I double up here I think you get just the one I just one. okay that's fair um oh shoot if we only have three I gotta be selected with this. And if a team comes out of nowhere and wins, how about we each have to say something silly on air? I think that's fair. Okay. Um, I'm just going to go another star power team. Let's go for the Suns. Why not? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Bradley Beal, KD, Devin Booker, great team. I'm, those three are really what's going to have to lead them to a championship. I know they've been uh, picking up good role players for what they have uh, in their cap space. Um, really using that to the, the best of their ability, but um, but that's another team where the injuries are the concern, and then seeing how well they're all going to mesh together. Um, when I mean, they're all really great scores, not that great on the defensive end. Um, I'm kind of hoping we're going to get to see KD kind of playing like the the five position, and then oh, see no what the chance. team works around it. Yeah, <laughs> that would be kind of exciting to see. So that, yeah, I, mean, I thought Victor would get bodied in the post. I mean, Kevin Durant would basically you'd bump into him and you go flying into the stands, I feel like. Yeah, I I don't know how well it would work, but if you like <laughs> really funny. tried to just get like just the LA basketball like high school lineup of like only scores, nobody's going to play any defense <laughs> like 
just wait, let you basically just put the ball in the basket and then go down and get a three every single possession. Like I do think they are a team that might have to run that style of play. So um, I'm not as confident as them as any of the teams you listed before, but uh, I do think they have a, a pretty good shot. Yeah, I think championship. I mean, any team starting Yosef Nurkic as their starting center might have some trouble in the post. Um, but yeah, I mean, they say jump shooting teams can't win championships, but I'd say the Warriors would say otherwise. They've had some pretty successful seasons this decade. Um, I guess so. Final pick ah, pains me to say it. Got to go with the Lakers. Um, Anthony Davis looked like an absolute menace in that playoff series. We don't know what LeBron will look like, but he's been amazing forever. No reason to think that he won't stay his usual top ten level self also i mean i'm not going to say austin reeves is an all-star or anything but he looked pretty good in those fiba games i mean d'angelo russell can be kind of serviceable just excited to see the continuity back because they were i think the best record i think post all-star break so or post trade deadline so i mean you can't tell me they don't have a chance they played the nuggets close although they did still get swept that's one of my favorite things to hear people talk about this offseason is like they they played the nuggets well they were the closest team against the nuggets like they, they still got swept. Yeah. Like, you still have to say that afterwards. and it, like, It's so hard to make the case for them after that happened. And I, I think it's a little bit easier after we see them working together in the regular season. Uh, I had said at the end of last year when they made, like right after the trade deadline, that even if they didn't have LeBron on their team, that they should still be a playoff team. I still think that's the case this year. They have probably the best all-around roster uh, that they've had since LeBron went to L.A. So, yeah. uh, I mean, they have won a championship with worse, so I could see it happening again this year. Awesome. Who's your final pick here? So I have I, there's two, three teams that I'm in the mix with. Philly is probably the, the I just wanted to throw them in there. Definitely yep. no. Um <laughs> The Warriors and then the Heat are are the two that I'm the closest on. I think I would go with the Warriors just because I'm really excited to see Chris Paul added to that offense. I mean, the the preseason looks, they did get clobbered by San Antonio, but at the same time, it's preseason. And also, they have put on some pretty good performances. So, uh, I, I feel comfortable having them as my last team there yeah i mean i'm really excited to follow them this year because i mean i think losing jordan Poole was definitely addition by subtraction because you've already seen like you saw the video of uh one of his teammates is open for three and he's like shrugging his shoulders and like getting mad at him it's like it's literally preseason. how is this already a problem but yeah and then it's adding funny. chris paul who like everywhere he's gone has elevated that team i don't think he's necessarily going to do it to the same extent with the warriors because it's in it's not like he's going to some struggling team, uh, but still a great player. Understands the game of basketball really well. Another team, again, a little bit, a, lo- a lot older uh, with their roster. So injuries and all that is going to be a, a huge difference maker. Awesome. So we might just save our official predictions for next week. Uh, actually, we definitely will. We have two yeah. minutes left the show. <laughs> but let's real quick, who's your final prediction before the year starts? Um, championship matchup, sure. Or, uh, so I, I think I I have to go with the Nuggets against the Bucks and have the Bucks win. I'm gonna go Lakers and Bucks. Mm. Bucks win because we're yeah. Bucks fans. <laughs> and with that, uh, I think we'll, we'll we'll give those goofy. I don't want to say anything bad about the starting five, but you know, you know what I think of them personally. I think that they're all terrible human beings, but clearly they need the extra time based on the quality of their show. So we'll give it to them. We will end after further review two minutes early for them. So thank you so much for listening. Our thanks to Matthew, Oliver, and Cole for joining us here. Our show is known for two things. Uh, the fact we ate a Carolina Reaper and technical difficulties. So the fact you guys are willing to come in here and view our nonsense, greatly appreciate it. And thank you so much for listening to the show. We'll be back next Tuesday, but have a great rest of your day. This is After Further Review.